Yo, what up? Welcome to Free Refills Podcast, where we come together as youth leaders to discuss the realities of leading in youth ministry. Our hope is that you leave refilled, refueled, and re-energized to carry on in youth ministry. I'm your host, Boss, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dusty. What's up? In Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Nick. How's it going? In Sparks, Nevada. That's right. Got it. Hit it. Each month, or actually we've multiplied our episodes, so every week we have a special guest join us in our conversation, and this week we have L Campbell with us. What's up, L? Hello, friends. Elle, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, we're stoked that you're here with us. So where are you located? Uh, tell us about your family and how long have you been in ministry? So I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia, but I am from the beautiful land of Buffalo, New York. Nobody calls it the beautiful land, uh, but they do have really good pizza and something called chicken finger subs, which okay. are a really important delicacy that, I mean, we could discuss if you want to, um, but that's where I'm from living in Atlanta now. Uh, my family equals me and my husband, Kenny, and our robot vacuum cleaner. Um, and that's basically it. No children, no pets, just the robot vacuum. That's all we've got. Does um, the robot vacuum have a name? It does. What <laughs> Do is it? it? Let's go. <laughs> its name is Lil Sucky. Perfect. Nice. It's great. My, mine's named as well. I'll, I'll fess up to that. I'm, I'm I-5. It's a protocol droid from Star Wars. So he cleans that's my house. Awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Wow. Cool. So uh, that's my family. And I've been in ministry, let's see, as a volunteer since I was, I think, 16. Uh, and then I joined the staff at my church when I was 20. And I'm now, how old am I? 32. I'm wow. 32. So whatever, just, you do the math, guys. You got it. Great. Awesome. Well, we're stoked to have you. Dusty and Nick, they have some questions for you. Some oh, wow. fun questions. Here we go. Yeah. So we just like ask these before we get into like some serious stuff. Um, just to get the audience to like more familiar, we also ask one of the same questions every time. But being free refills, what is your favorite soft drink? And if you drink water, like I think you start prefacing this because everyone's always yeah. on a health kick. If you only drink water, what's your guilty pleasure to go to as far as a soft drink? So, I mean, what's your definition of soft drink? Does it have to have like just carbonation or does it have to like be carbonated and sweetened? Like how do well, we- Well, now I'm intrigued. You can just answer it however you want. Okay. My favorite soft drink if we're calling this a soft drink, would be any form of spindrift. Have you ever had a spindrift? I have it's like, not. Explain. It's, like sparkling, it's sparkling water with like, I think it's 5% juice. It's so good. It's spindrift. like- Spindrift. Yeah. It's like LaCroix, but with real juice in it. It's really wonderful. Does it taste like LaCroix? Because like, I almost no. want to just vomit every time. <laughs> no, it's better. It tastes like you have fizzy water and you just squeeze a little lemon juice in there. Like real okay. lemon. It's great. Okay. I can get down with that. Um, what? Okay. So you're so Buffalo, right? Considered, considered New York, right? Right. Okay. So I know this should be an easy New York. It's a state. It's not considered. (laughs) It is New York. Not in the city. It would be in the the state of New York. Cool. Edit that out. Um, (laughs) keeping it, keeping it cool. Uh, New York pizza. Yep. Chicago pizza. So here, are you ready for this? Because I have a, sl- a little bit of an extended answer. So, Ooh, love Buffalo, it. so Buffalo, New York, geographically, is about eight hours away from New York City. 
It is also a similar distance from Chicago. So we are right in between. Wow. We get this beautiful fusion of both pizzas. It is the best pizza in the universe. Wow. This beautiful fusion of like the deep dish, but also the yummy thin crust. It's just this like thick, heavy, delicious, chewy, wonderfulness of pizza. It's so good. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that 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 just extended anything we needed, right? We could just. So, uh, so when is the next youth conference going to Buffalo for the food alone? Because that's that's what I want to know now. You guys want to make a food podcast really quick? We could just switch the identity. Just real fast. Yeah. All right. So You've here's already my started questions. it. Okay. What's your question? All right. So two books, okay. one ministry related, one not ministry related. What are you in read right now? Or what do you recommend? Cannot be the Bible or a book of the Bible. Cool. 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 I can do I that. I just figured that you would have been like that one, that really holy person was like Leviticus, only oh Leviticus. God. I love Leviticus. I read it at least once a month. It's my favorite book. It does tell um, you to wash your hands in Leviticus. So you sinners. It does. You're right. Uh, can I modify it a little bit to a fiction and a nonfiction? Can I do yeah, that? Abso- absolutely. You make all the rules. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So one nonfiction that I read, I actually read it in January, but I loved it so much. So I'm going to bring it back for this answer, uh, is the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. It is so good. I think it may have changed my life. It's wonderful. Highly recommend. Next, next to Leviticus. Right, 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 right. Yeah, obviously Leviticus taught me how to wash my hands. Atomic <laughs> Habits taught me how to do it regularly. So love that book. It's wonderful. Um, a fiction book that I'm reading, because I read mostly fiction. I love fiction. Um, I am currently reading, hold on, I'm just, I'm blanking. Well, no, let's, I'm reading a lot right now. I just finished this book called Kindred by Octavia Butler. Um, she is amazing. She is like one of the possibly actually the first African-American woman who wrote sci-fi. Uh, and so Kindred was like written in the seventies and it is like speculative fiction sci-fi, uh, where a woman, like she can't explain it, but she gets stuck like going back in time and she's going back into the time of slavery where she like meets her ancestors. It's wild times. It's great. Awesome. That's what I'm reading. All right, there we go. Last, last, last question, just because I feel like you've 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 been all around youth ministry. Best youth pastor or best youth leader story it can be either a student one or a volunteer one. And by best, you know, I mean failure. <laughs> <laughs> so, like mine or just anybody's? I guess I guess you can claim it either way. Okay, you make all on. the rules. Can I? I'm gonna stand up for just one second and get something. Can you just wait? Okay. Uh, sure. We love that. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, audio listeners. Um, Okay, so a couple years ago, Kenny and I actually thought had the same question. We wanted to find out what the funniest stories were. So we asked in our Facebook group, hey, everyone, can you just tell us like your funniest youth ministry fail stories? And they shared hundreds of them. And so we we just turned it into a book. You wrote a book. Oh my God. And it's called Youth Ministry Fails. You can get it on Amazon. Um, it has hundreds of stories just submitted by random casters. So I could just open to a random page. Should we do that? That, yeah, just pick, pick one, real quick one. Okay, okay. Plug Here's, the book as well. This is from, well, I already did plug the book, so <laughs> check. Um, check. I think one of my favorites is my friend Dan. Uh, he, I believe he's in Pennsylvania, I forget. Uh, but one time he was talking about trust and 
he wanted to do a trust fall with his youth group mm-hmm. and he was uh teaching at like they were having a youth group pool party and so they're, they're like out by the pool and that's where he was preaching his sermon and he was like you know it'd be cool i'm gonna make this really dramatic i'm actually gonna climb on top of the garage and i'm going to do a trust fall like into my students who are waiting below to catch me and so he gave them a bed sheet and he was like here just like hold on really tight and i'm (laughs) gonna do a trust fall off the roof and he did and uh he he didn't paralyze himself but i think he possibly could have uh he survived but um it was (laughs) a close call so oh my gosh don't do that friends keep your trust falls like on the ground that's danny if you're listening to this we need we need some feedback and to make sure that you're like what injuries did you walk away with? Oh yeah, my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Oof. Well, that's good. That's good. Okay. All right. So when uh, my Amazon account gets unlocked, I will buy that book. Um, that's for another podcast story. So okay. There we go. Uh, that that is an overwhelming feat to try to accomplish and do. Yeah. So we're talking about overwhelm. Um, it just happened to be that that is my segue into this. Um, so yes. Um, so if you were overwhelmed by the story about Dan falling into a bed sheet with high schoolers grabbing it and trusting them that they were going to hold it, uh, here we're going to talk about managing ministry overwhelm. That's where we're here. That's what we're talking about today um, and not necessarily doing food and book reviews and all the other reviews. And that's our other podcast that will be coming out in the fall. So stay tuned. Um, Okay. So just for, um, for clarity to define some stuff, when we say ministry overwhelm, we're referring to really the intersection of there's always something to be done or someone to care for. And the feeling that it's our job to do it only. So that's what we're kind of, that's where the overwhelming feeling comes from. And this feeling in ministry um, is, it piles on all the time. And so as we journey through ministry, we have to learn some things in that one, it's not ours to do. And that yes, there is stuff to be done, but not today. And so that's why we brought you in L to talk about this because a lot of different things. You've been in ministry for a while, so you've learned a lot of things, but you're also now in a position where you're helping leaders learn and understand some things and possibly, you know, putting a book out about fails on what not to do (laughs) and avoid all these things and you should be good. So, um, and you and your husband are tag team in this whole curriculum resource. I don't really know what to call it. Ministry resource. That's probably a good term. So you're doing it together. You're married. All these things we're piling on all these things that can be overwhelming and can cause that. So that's why we brought you in. So let's, let's just talk about the marriage and ministry part first, and then we'll get into that. Um, I don't know, speak to, speak to some of those things about the nuances of, of you and Kenny working together Mm -hmm. and doing ministry together. And some of the things you've learned about being where you felt overwhelmed at times. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll kind of start by saying I recognize that we are probably not the average normal couple. Um, part of the reason, like even when we were dating, 
we would constantly be looking for projects we could work on together because that was really fun for us. Uh, like we're both creators. We love to make things. And so for us, mm -hmm. like this has kind of always been a fun part of our relationship. Like that's how we spend time together. Uh, that is not the case for everybody and that's okay. So I think being aware of like what your wiring is and like how you get life uh, in your relationship is really important. Um, for us, this is one of the ways that we find like lots of life and energy. So yeah. we keep doing it because it's really fun. But if it drained us, that would be a very different story. Um, so I think that's one thing. But then mm. also like we um, were really lucky to grow up in a church that really valued like boundaries between ministry and personal life and ministry and marriage. Um, so when we did ministry together, like we both we're on staff. Like we, we were both getting salaries. It wasn't like Kenny was the youth pastor and I was like the full-time volunteer sure. volunteer, like from the time I was you know a teenager. Um, but I think that was a really important thing that we were really lucky to have is mm -hmm. that, um, there weren't these kind of like crazy expectations set on me. Instead, my church was like, you know what, we would like a lot of your time. So we're going to hire you. And I said, thank you. I there we go. There we go. So I think those are two things that, um, we, are kind of lucky to have in like the mix with us yep. uh, in the case in everybody's situation. Sure. Sure. Well, I can say from the people that are not that uh, I think I'm trying to put a crib together with my wife almost ended it. Uh, I would say that she would say the same. We cannot do anything like that together. We do like, we stay in our, I stay in our lane. I, yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I envy that because we just that's not us that's awesome what would you you don't have to envy it yeah no i it's something that i would you know i would definitely wish we we had what would you say to like obviously it's couples like us right because like again i feel like what you do and the range you help youth leaders there's probably i'm not probably there is a good good percentage of people who are to do do that who that doesn't always fill them. Um, so what would you say to them? Um, just as something like, you know, that would encourage them or, or enable them to do it better. Yeah. Well, and to be, to be clear, we don't always, Kenny and I work together like precious angels. Like sure. sometimes I am like, I actually hate you right now. Like, please mm. don't talk to me all day. Um, so, but I think one of the important things for us is like figuring out, uh, between the two of us, who has expertise in which area. Uh, and first of all, allowing like the right amount of independence. Um, so if, for example, like at our church, um, we realized pretty quickly, like Kenny was great at all of the programming and like the fun stuff and the event prep. I did not care about it. I did not want to organize logistics. No, thank you. Mm. But I was strong with like relational investment on the volunteers, thinking about strategy, thinking about like creating things and thinking about like the language that we use. So I focus in on some of those things. Um, and I think that helped us a lot because we learned to trust each other in different areas um, mm. and not step on each other's toes in their area of, of expertise. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a helpful thing. That's good. So walk us through, apart from, apart from you and Kenny being married, like let's steer away from that for a second and okay. talk about you, L. Okay. Um, that's, that's you. Well, mm -hmm. let's talk about that, about a time where you felt overwhelmed or maybe several times you felt overwhelmed and kind of what, what you've learned through that for yourself and how you've gotten yourself out of that. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's a ton. If I think if I'm thinking like, well, I tend to veer in times of stress, my anxiety goes way up. Like mm -hmm. I'm a pretty anxious person in stressful mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I say there's a lot. Um, but so like in our church context, I mean, there were times where uh, we tell this story a lot, so I apologize if you've like heard me tell this, but um, there, there was one Sunday morning where we showed up on a Sunday morning and we had like 80 middle school boys, which was awesome. Like that was a big Sunday. And we had two hmm. adult men to oh, lead no. them. Oh, and, and it wasn't, we realized it wasn't like a one time, oh no, this is like coming out of nowhere. We were like, oh crap, we've been really bad at leading volunteers for a really long time. Hmm. And now we have to figure out how to like turn this whole ship around and like fix this. So that was overwhelming because we were super like low staffed on volunteers with tons of kids coming. Yep. Um, mm. So that was, that was one in the ministry context of mm. just kind of facing like major culture shift. Um, and then, uh, so we do stuff you can use full time now. Um, when we first went full time doing it in 2017, it was just me and Kenny. And we decided that year that we were going to launch this new resource, which is Grow Curriculum. And uh, we kind of like drafted it out. We're like, all right, here's what we want to do. But then we had to make it. And it was so hard. <laughs> and there was only two of us. And like, we busted it out. We made it happen. But at the end of that, I was like, I'm so tired. I just want to cry for a month and then sleep for three months. That yep. would be great. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I would say those are kind of like, the two most stressful, overwhelming moments of mm. my ministry life. So, so when you're in those stressful moments, like what, what are the tools and what are the boundaries that you guys have placed to, hey, you've been there. Maybe you don't want to go back there again. What are the practical things you've put in place? Yeah. So I think one thing just to keep in mind in general is like the, I forget who said this, I'm sure many people have said this, but the idea of like a perfectly balanced life at all times is a myth. It's not going to happen. So you're not going to always be able to have this like, you know, perfect balance between work and, you know, your normal life. Um, but so I think recognizing that's important, but if you take a bigger picture view of like, okay, over the course of a month, over the course of a year, is my life really unbalanced? And if the answer is yes, then you do need to put like some, you know, mm -hmm. some boundaries and like different practices in, in place. Um, so that's important. Um, and I guess I, I kind of emailed you guys just like these quick thoughts so I could kind of get them out of my brain. But I would say in general, for me, it would be these four things is number one, prioritize your rest and your health. Um, number two is empower and delegate other people uh, because you should not be doing this all by yourself. Um, oh, I guess it was five things actually. Um, <laughs> Number three, um, really like kind of break up what you have to do into manageable chunks and manageable areas. Uh, in ministry, I think there's like six areas that we can break our job responsibilities into that we can get into if you guys want to. Um, then uh, number four is just find some hacks that work for you. Like what are the hacks that will make you more productive, more effective uh, to maximize your time? Uh, and then the last one is just find the right tools that work for you as well. Um, that is not just everything happening in your brain, but you actually have some tangible things that can help you take what's in your brain and make it happen. That's good. That's solid. But I think when in times of being overwhelmed, we, we are unable to see the light. 
we're unable to see the direction of where we need to go or what even is our next thing that we need to do. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, I kind of go off of a premise of what's the one domino that I can knock over right here that can knock over the bigger things. Yeah. Um, but in the craziness you're discombobulated. You're like, I don't, I don't know which way's up right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do. And for those of us who are love the Enneagram, I'm an eight. So I'm like, when I get overwhelmed and I'm starting to be controlled by things, I'm like, I don't like this. Right now. Yeah. I think L you've said, I think I've seen that you're a nine. That's right. Nine that with right? one wing. That's it. So nines, I know about this. I'm married to a nine nines. What seem to be in times of like overwhelmed, they're like, I'm going to go take a nap for yeah, right. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how have you possibly even, I mean, that's a, that might even be kind of one of the things you've talked about, right? You learned that you were a nine. You started realizing, identifying there. So talk about that where knowing that information, how that's helped you in seasons of overwhelm. Yeah. Um, I, self-awareness is so important. Like we need to figure out how we respond, like what our patterns are, and then what's triggering those things. So yeah, like I mentioned as a nine, for me, like if you are familiar with this, like there's something called stress numbers, which is mm-hmm. like, when you might function as a nine most of the time, but when you're really stressed, you kind of start acting like another number. So as a nine, when I'm stressed out, the first thing I do is I avoid, I shut down, I go take a nap. Um, But then I also kind of go into what is the Enneagram six, like the worst part of a six, which is like high anxiety, (laughs) like everything's terrible, the world's gonna end. So that's me when I'm unhealthy. Um, But when I'm healthy, I might go to an Enneagram three, which is the achiever, which is okay, I'm getting things done. I am overcoming these obstacles. So um, I think for me, it's just like, I'm trying to keep an awareness of like where I'm leaning. Um, And like, because when I am healthy, I can, I can get stuff done and it's great. And I can make it through the overwhelm. Um, But yeah, when I'm unhealthy, I just want to cry and sleep. So Mm. that's important to know. And when I feel that urge, it's important to like recalibrate, to be like, okay, I, I can tell what's happening. I'm aware of it. And now here are some steps that I'm going to do to like, you know, get out of there. So talk, talk on that. Go expand on that. When you feel that urge, what are those steps for you personally? What's yeah. your reality? Um, I think for me personally, one thing is just accountability with like my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even just saying out loud what you're struggling with sometimes makes a huge difference because um, for me, it's like when it's just in my head, it's like, I can make excuses, I can ignore it. But when I tell somebody like, I really just want to go cry and I don't want to do this anymore, then it's like, oh, it's out there. And like, this is real. This is a real fact that now I have to deal with and other people are going to help me deal with it. Um, so that's huge for me. Um, and when I say accountability, I don't mean it in like a, um, hi, I want you to shame me right. for not right. being functioning. Right. It's like, yeah. I need you to help me right now. Um, so I think that's really important. Just having your, your group of safe people who can do that for you. Um, but also like, just like for me, like I do a lot of like mindfulness meditations, just like kind of like calming, centering things because my brain can like go off into a million places. And so for me, just being able to like sit and observe what's happening, like in my brain is really helpful of like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is the thing that I'm stressed out about specifically. I might write it down. I might like just kind of naming these things that I'm wrestling with helps me because it makes it real and then makes it able, makes me able to deal with them. Hmm. Uh, instead of just sitting there as like a ball of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's interesting, like you said, like someone who, who you know that in these times of overwhelmness or overwhelmed, yeah, overwhelmedness that you like, you do withdraw. Yeah. Right? Like, it's really cool to hear an action step for you to actually push into the opposite, which is actually to call it out and, and go find people. But I think that the, if, if anybody's listening to this and you're like, oh man, I can so identify with the idea of withdrawing. Yeah, I think what, if you missed everything that Elle just said, you got to make sure that you have people in place now. Because when you're already in that overwhelmed spot and then you're like, well, I feel like I need to go find somebody, you're late. Mm-hmm. You might get so the wrong like, person too. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're going to end up settling for someone who's going to shame you. And then you're never going to want to sh- open up ever again. <laughs> so and while you're healthy and while you're just feeling really good in that moment, yeah. go find some safe people like, hey, I just need to know I can come talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing that. Cause that's super cool. And I want to make sure that that wasn't going to get glossed over by the idea of the Enneagram or whatever. It's like, Oh, the Enneagram and they, they tune out like, Oh good. They got, they only took 15 minutes to get the Enneagram. Um, <laughs> but, but I didn't want that to get glossed over or someone hear that buzzword and like start tuning out. It's sure. it, regardless of whatever the tool is and whatever we name it, that is practical and it's real. And, and so I, I really want to make sure that that someone hears that. Cause I think, that's not, I don't think that's who I am. I, I get her get overwhelmed and I push further in down this dark with this dark hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like long. And so it takes a, like, a lot of people to come find me in there and try to bring me back out. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Hmm. That's good. Uh, Nick, share, share with us maybe what's resonating with you off of this as a full-time uh, youth leader. Um, Cause yeah. we, we're coming at it from different angles. What about for you, man? Yeah, I, I just had a conversation um, Wednesday with a youth leader in my network that he's he's really wrestling with this. He's taken a few weeks off he, just to say like I'm overwhelmed, I'm I'm done. And he was talking about how he was daydreaming about being a post worker, right? I mean, work for the for the mailman and just I don't have to talk to people. I drop things in box and I walk away. And when I go home, I can sleep and there's nothing pushing at me. And to be honest, he's one of the best youth workers I've known. And it just broke my heart of, man, where's that help? Where's that need before? And one of the conversations he and I have talked a ton. And I was actually just thinking through that conversation, the fact that we've got Elle here. And it's like, when, when I get to that point of like, my pride gets in the way, that I, I have to be the one to do this. I have to be the one who writes the curriculum or does whatever the thing, like stuff you can use has been a tool that I've used at times where I know I can go and grab something. And like you said, it's that hack, right? It's that find that thing that you got to get past your pride. And I like doing this, but right now I need to use somebody else to, to help me get through to that next thing. Um, and so I think that's what's so cool is that there are resources like stuff you can use that are that are free for the most part, you know, or, you know, jump in, get through that stretch, find that person that's going to help you get through that stretch, and then come back to what you're good at and you have pride in and you can do that when you have the ability. You know, I think, L, would you tell possibly like some success stories maybe that you've heard in youth ministry um, just from, just from youth, youth workers who said that they have used the grow curriculum or your stuff that have kind of brought some of that overwhelmness down. Cause I think that that's part of it, right? I think people get into youth ministry and they're like, I got this. And then they realize it's not just preaching. It's, 
you know, it's relationships, it's, it's parents, it's volunteers, it's cleaning up the church. It's like, it's like you're doing all this stuff that no one's Mm -hmm. posting on Instagram, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, this is miserable. And oh, and I got to have read the Bible and I got to write some kind of lesson, you know, like on a high level. (laughs) And I would love to hear a success story that, that you have had, um, not to, not to basically sell grow in this moment, But because I think that there's a, there is this paradigm between I have to write my own stuff and I have to do all this. And am I less of a youth pastor if I use curriculum? Yeah, that is definitely something that I know people struggle with. And it makes me so sad because the expectations that are placed on a youth pastor are insane. Like there is no other job in the whole world that requires like, that that many area of areas of expertise it's like mm-hmm. not reasonable like mm-hmm. to be this like amazing youth pastor in quotation marks you supposedly have to be an incredible speaker an incredible theologian uh possibly a worship leader depending mm-hmm. on the side of the size of your church uh you have to be good at graphic design you have to make cool videos you have to be really funny so you're basically a stand-up comedian also mm-hmm. um you have to plan events like the list of things you're supposed to be good at is so extensive. Um, and so basically when we were creating grow kind of what we wanted, what we wish that we had had when we were youth pastors was, uh, a resource that like gave you not just teaching curriculum, but everything that you need for all of those areas of ministry. Um, so that's what we tried to create because we know that like, uh, everybody is good at certain parts of ministry. Like I mentioned, you know, Kenny loves the programming and the events and like the fun games. I love the volunteer, the relational side. Um, Nobody is good at all of them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's really why we created it was to kind of help people fill in those gaps of like their weak spots. Um, So, and really a lot of the things in there come from uh, things that we have tried and that have like worked for us that we wanted to share. Um, and so one of those big ones is like our parent strategy. Um, so I was talking to a youth pastor, her name's Chelsea, and she was just telling me, she's like, you know, like I, I know that I'm supposed to partner with parents in some way, but like, I do not know how I am not a parent. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. And I've been talking about it for years, but like have never really kind of cracked that code. Um, and so she started using Grow, which gives you like a parent strategy. It gives you everything you need for the year to do parent stuff. And she was like, this taught me how to do parent ministry while I was doing parent ministry, which is really the goal. So that was really encouraging to hear of just knowing that like you, you can learn these things and you can utilize tools that exist um, to kind of fill in those gaps. Like you don't have to be the person who designs every system. You don't have to be the person who writes every single resource. Like, man, hack it, like find other people who have already done it and use that and learn from that. Um, so yeah, I think of Chelsea and she actually, she now will sometimes forward me her emails from parents of parents who are like, you're doing so great. I'm like, Chelsea, you're killing it. This is so cute. Um, so I think of Chelsea for that question. Wow. That's cool. Cause I mean, that's exactly kind of what we've talked about too, right? Whereas she felt overwhelmed, got to a place eventually where she went, I need some help. She swallowed her pride and went, I need to, to ask for help from the outside. And usually that's the best, right? And that's probably the better place to go is someone outside of our organization Mm -hmm. because we feel this pressure to have it all together. And if we say something inside of our organization, like, Hey, I need help. They're like, uh Oh, <laughs> there's a, you're not good at that. You know, and we're, we, we have a fear that we're going to be 
canceled with that. Yeah. Nick, you got your hand yeah, up. I, I think as a youth worker in, in full-time position, right? Like I love teaching. I love writing my curriculum. And it's the, the secret is realizing that writing curriculum is not the only resource out there that you can get curriculum for that parent piece, for the things that we're weak at that find the thing that's going to build your ministry based off of where you're, where you're lacking. Uh, and there's so many resources out there that it, it's not a matter of where is it or is it quality? It's a matter of, are you going to get over your pride to say, I need help? Yeah, totally. And um, I think we kind of mentioned this earlier too, but I think it's finding the thing that gives you life and really focusing in on that and delegating the other stuff. Like whether yes. that's actual human in your organization or delegating it by like buying or downloading or something from somewhere else. Um, but I really love what you said about asking for help outside of your organization. Um, I think the reasons that you shared are excellent reasons. I would add another reason. Um, and that would be that sometimes I think we can kind of get a little bit ingrown mm -hmm. in our faith communities where it's like, oh, I'm just recycling the same ideas over and over right, and right. over and over again. And you know, there's that like stereotype that the church is 15 years behind everybody else in culture. Sure, well, sure. maybe because we just recycle our own ideas over and over again yeah. until we die. So one thing that I think is really helpful, and it's actually why um, I mentioned that uh, with the books I'm reading that I'm like, I don't read a ton of ministry books, I, but I do read a lot of nonfiction. Um, it's because I want to be challenged with ideas that I've yeah. not heard before. Yeah. Um, not that there's nothing new in ministry books, but I just find that there are a lot of really interesting, challenging ideas outside my normal circles that help make me sharper and give mm. me new ideas that maybe haven't existed yet in my circle. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. I, as you said, recycle, I even think about like the language that we use, right? Like it's that we can recycle the same sayings and, mm -hmm. and the same language and having something outside of that, those walls. And it brings us and it recenter, recenters us where we're like, okay, that was a different way to look at it. Um, they don't think I'm a failure. They don't think these things like they, they're unbiased. So they're truthful. And I love, I love what you're, what you said about reading, reading and taking in information from even outside of the walls of ministry. Like that's yeah. huge. Uh, I think, I've, I've felt at times like I should be reading ministry books only all the time, you know, and I need to be better. You know, I need to be able to, because uh, when I get in a group, I can say, oh, I just, I read this one and I read this one. And then a bunch of people nod and they're like, yeah, you got it together. You know, and like, yeah. that's, there's that temptation. And I think another thing too, is when we feel overwhelmed, a lot of the things that are running through our head is I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I, 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 and before we know it, we've just listed off, like we've thought of ourselves, we've put ourselves on a platform to think that we are the, we're the super, like super person. I was going to say superhero. I said super person. Superhero. I'm not good well, with words. So I just, man was an option too. I mean, Superman is a thing, but, yeah, but I couldn't say Superman because like, right we are not all men in this. We're, right. There are women yeah. there. So no, I'm but I meant like the weird. actual character, Superman. I get yeah, like that, but yeah. I don't relate with a dude wearing really tight tights. Like, oh. whatever. I'm not, no. Anyway, that's cool. a different Move. podcast. Moving forward. <laughs> Moving forward. 
gosh, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's so good. I just, that was a long winded answer of saying, yes, I agree. That's awesome. Thank you for saying all that. Um, Talk to us about something. Maybe we haven't asked that question and you, it's just burning inside. You're waiting for us to ask the question to unlock this like wisdom or you're like, Hey, I've been sitting on this for a while, so I'm ready to go. I've thought about it. Talk to us. Um, Well, I don't have that, but I can make something up right now. But I mean, I think we could maybe pull the thread of delegating and empowering people a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Because it's so important for so many reasons, like number one, for your own sanity uh, Mm -hmm. and pride, but also just in general for like the mission that we're supposed to be on, which is not like leaving ministry in the hands of the professionals, but actually empowering as many people as possible to be involved in ministry and involved in the mission. Um, And so, yeah, like I have been beating the drum of empowering people Mm. for as long as I can remember because people did for me and I caught the vision and like, it's huge, like we need it. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, I think a big part of it could possibly be that you don't have enough people in the mix. Um, And that's so important. And kind of like what we talked about with the idea of creating a group of safe friends, this is something you need to do before you're overwhelmed. Um, You need to figure out who your team is that you can delegate to, that you can absolutely. Um, Because when you're overwhelmed, you're not going to be able to delegate well. Um, If I have a project that I'm panicking on and I just throw it in someone's lap, they're just going to panic too. And then we're all going to be panicked. Um, So maybe there's somebody you know who can help you get out of a crisis and that's awesome. But uh, once you're out of the crisis, you really need to figure out how to build that team so that you don't get stuck in that position again. Yeah. That's so good. And I think, I think it's funny, like as we talk about the ministry overwhelm that something so simple like well delegating right i think but people don't realize that this is actually what the lack of that is actually what's pushing you further into overwhelm and it's just like honestly delegating is just not easy regardless of your personality type regardless of really anything it's like it's cultural right it's like i'm less than at this so i can't be that right Mm -hmm. so i just gotta i gotta force myself to be better at it when you have someone like an intern or someone sitting right in front of you that's going like, honestly, I love that. Like I had, a, I had one of my interns like literally to say, Hey, I realize that you lose receipts often. And I'm like, yes, thank you for calling that out. Stress you're fired. Um, like he's like, I honestly love that. Like, can I just, every time that you just, can you just give me the receipts and I'll code them? And I'm like, and in that moment I was like, this dude's calling me out. Like, you know what I mean? But then I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, thank you for speaking up and saying that because it stresses me out to no end. Yeah. So I love that he did that. That's so wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Well, and yeah, the great. realization too, that like the things that we see as like the crap job that I don't want to do that just stresses me out. Why would I want to burden someone else with that? We forget that people have passion for that. And like, there are things that they don't want to do. I probably would do in a heartbeat, but mm-hmm. I want to protect people and I don't want to give them those things. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think there's also I, a lot of when it comes down to like our fear of delegation, I think comes from like a, a mindset of scarcity that we think Ooh. that if somebody else gets some attention or recognition for doing something that it takes away from us. Um, mm-hmm. But I would argue that that doesn't make any sense and is not true because 
we are not like operating with a mindset of scarcity, but of abundance. And so we can like lean into all of our gifts and so can everybody else. Um, And that just makes everything and everybody else better. I mean, it's the entire body of Christ imagery, right? Like it's, that's what we should be doing. Like, I think God knew what he was doing when he told us we need to lean into our gifts. And if we're the ones who are preventing people from doing that, then I think we, we're going to be accountable to that at some point. So good. Preach. Preach it. This is it. Just you. Yeah. You're behind the podium. You're just preaching. We're just sitting and listening. Thank you. Oh my God. That's incredible. Amen. That's it. Um, L thank you for this. Um, how can people connect with you? How can they, how can they contact you? If they were like, what she's saying I'm resonating with, I need to talk to her. Yeah, well, you can find me on the internet and all social medias at Stuff You Can Use, uh, but you can then find me personally. Um, I would say probably Twitter is a good spot to get in touch with me. Uh, my Twitter handle is L with 11 L's. So L. How did you get to 11? Oh, uh, well, one was through, it a guess? Or did you try? I one through 10, you five. tried all of them? Well, actually, no, I take it back. I think yes. 10. I think 10 was available, but then I was like, why wouldn't I just go for 11? Because like 11. Turn it up to 11. You know? So I did 11. So Uh, I'll say this. If you have, if you this is your first time hearing about Grow Curriculum. uh, I thought I'd do my homework. So I went on and I honestly downloaded all the, all the free stuff. Um, Highly looking into doing it myself uh, because here's the deal. This is, this is the one main reason. You ready? Mm-hmm. I suck at games. And you guys, have, <laughs> you guys have games on there with instructions and like graphics and stuff for games. And I'm like, right there, my ministry overwhelm is a, is a Wednesday night walking up and going, what are we going to do for a game? Like, <laughs> everything else is fine. Like, it's just yeah. a game just flat out stresses oh, me. Well, we are delighted <laughs> with that when i saw that i was like okay this is a this is a selling point okay let me give you a little i'm just gonna give you a little teaser we're working on something right now that is games related that i think might make you cry out of just happiness and it's well and it's gonna cost zero dollars so if you are feeling overwhelmed friends because of game related reasons just you wait (laughs) because we've got a little treat coming for you we're gonna make we're gonna make that just a soundbite for you and then okay. you can use it as you as like promotion <laughs> you heard perfect. it here first perfect breaking that's news. awesome very Love secretive it. breaking news though that's so, what it's that yeah that's the title of it right that like if games make you feel overwhelmed and cry this is for you this is for you this is it oh my gosh thank you so much l thank you for this conversation this has been incredible this is awesome. Well, that was a fun conversation. Uh, we had a lot of fun with Elle uh, talking about being overwhelmed. That's uh, kind of an ironic statement. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of fun talking about being overwhelmed, but this was the exception to the rule. Um, maybe right now uh, you're sitting at home uh, because currently we're kind of all in flux with the coronavirus and, and the things that are happening. And so, um, Maybe you're overwhelmed by all of the things that are happening and your church is making decisions that are um, canceling things, putting putting people at home and you're trying to figure out how to do ministry this way. Or maybe this is coming out at the right time for you because uh, programming is not happening in your area. 
Um, and so you can take a little bit of a, a deep, deep breath um, to realize that maybe some time, maybe these, this is the time to the opportunity that you have to come up with a plan on how not to be overwhelmed. Um, you've heard a lot of different cool hacks, um, some unique things possibly, um, maybe some things that you've heard before and you, you need to try it out. So I strongly suggest you take some of this advice that you heard from Elle today from her experience and what she's learned um, and and apply it to your rhythm and your routine. Also, I hope that if you are overwhelmed or you've experienced that just recently, that you know that you're not alone, that this is happening because this is the second conversation that we've had about this, about a, a different leader across the country in a different location who's also experienced being overwhelmed by ministry. Um, so our hope is that you know that, that you know that you're not alone. And in that, one of the tips that Elle said is that we need to have a community. We need to have some people around us um, because we benefit and we grow in community. Yes, this is a time in which we're kind of all going to our separate corners, but we can do that over video. We can do that over different unique ways. Um, but believe it or not, there are youth leaders that are in your area who want to be in community with you. And we in NYM have a way for you to find them. Go to our website, nnym.org and search your area today. Also, we hope and we pray that this podcast is a free refill for you. Our hope and our prayer also is that you uh, find that you are not alone at all in what you're feeling and that you're encouraged by the conversations we're having. And we want to hear from you. So write us, free refills podcast at nnym.org. Hey, if you were encouraged by this episode, help us grow in this community by sharing, rating, or leaving a review. It helps the show be seen when people look for it. And as we leave, remember, the more we pour into ourselves, the more we can pour out to others. Blessings. Blessings.